Hi, I'm Cheryl and Sen. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horst. Do you enjoy listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the podcast? Have you picked up our book yet? Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. That has over 100 cast and crew who have contributed to this book. And it's, I think people really love it. I mean, we also have community commentary where a lot of the community have participated in this. It's just a great book. We recommend you pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska. Beside me, as always, Ben Durant. Ben, this is now part of our Firewalk With Me trilogy. Yes. Um, we're doing the missing pieces. The missing pieces. The missing pieces. I- I've waited about 20-some-odd years for these missing pieces. I've waited all of... <laughs> Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago, we did the movie, and uh, then we had our friends on, and now we're ending it off with our trilogy, The Missing Pieces. So I've waited less time than you, but I'm very excited to watch them. Awesome. I first heard about some of these missing pieces probably in 93. So, you know, the movie was in 92, and wow. probably about a year later, uh, Video Watchdog uh, number issue 16, April 1993, had a whole issue based on, on Firewalk With Me. So it wasn't like you can go to the internet and they'd be like, these exist. It was sort of like you had to wait for a magazine to be like. Yeah. I mean, for me anyways, that's the only way I found it. And I, that, that magazine mentioned oh. Mary Sweeney, uh, who's the editor. Her first assembly was uh, reported about five hours long. Holy smokes. So there was footage out there. And then, but, the, but a lot of footage. Yeah, it's a lot of footage. But Video Watchdog basically spelled out from the script what, what they thought was probably shot. And then there was, and then there was websites and uh, wrapped in plastic that would have images. There was two images that I remember. One was a fight, uh, Sheriff Cable and Chet Desmond fighting. <laughs> and you don't see Cable beyond his desk, really. Right, his not room. right. His yeah, room. so there was, there was a fist fight happening. And then we saw, I think, another picture where it was a Big Ed and Norma kind of laying near each other. They were cuddling. And that was wow. it. That was like, that was like they okay. They were even in the movie. <laughs> they weren't in the movie. I know. So that's what I mean. You knew there was stuff. You knew there was other, the characters from Twin Peaks that were, at least they had filmed scenes. Mm. And so, yeah, there were petitions to try and get get this released. Um, Wow. Did you sign the petition? Yeah, I had my own petition. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, yeah, so, like, in college, I would always get these people together and friends and say, you got to come watch Twin Peaks. So I would, like, I would have these, like, weekly uh, get-togethers and I would bring my VHS tapes and force them to watch it. Oh, on VHS. On VHS. Yeah, at the time. And so, and then I think I created my own form that I had them all sign. I probably had like only 20 people sign it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to send this off and bring these Mrs. P- Mrs. Did you? P's. No. <laughs> yeah, 25 years later. <laughs> no, did you mail that, that you know, petition I, out? 
<laughs> or do you still have it? I still have it. I uh, brought it with me. Oh, so, so typical of me. It. So typical yeah, that I yeah. would actually do this and then never mail it. I don't know why I didn't mail it. But. Maybe you were like, "Is I can't. I, it's only twenty signatures. They're <laughs> not gonna laugh at me." Yeah, maybe that was it. But yeah, for the longest time, people kept up. And the problem was, I think that like some of the rights for Firewalk with me were in different were with different companies and. There was there was all kinds of, of of issues about getting the footage. Yeah, the, it, the show was on ABC, but CBS was a company who right. But then the film was was done by somebody else. There was different companies ahead. I think there was two companies fighting for different rights. Just so everybody know, this episode will be heavily edited. It was like what you were about to see are the missing pieces. So I want to say before we get to the missing pieces, is it odd? I didn't bring this up. Is it odd that Laura Palmer's prom photo is prominently displayed in the high school and Bobby comes in and he gives her a big old kiss? <laughs> but why? is she? Was that homecoming? She must have been like, I think so. prom I mean, queen. Yeah, I think it was prom queen. Or, prom yeah. queen. But it is weird that she's prominently featured. A part of me was like, when that happened, when he came and kissed it and her photos like that, I'm like, what if... What if Laura's not really here? What if, what is this like the sixth sense, man? You know, like I got a little <laughs> She's crazy. She's been dead all along. She was dead all along, man. So part of me felt that way, but then uh, clearly it wasn't. But. No. So this is an extended scene of Chet and uh, Sam Stanley there. The Which I'm saying. Yes. I love these guys together. And I love the actors. Yeah. Chris Isaac is awesome. Agent Desmond, it's 3.30. Where are we going to sleep? We're not. You and I are going to get something to eat. Yes. I didn't realize so many hours had passed. Did you, Agent Desmond? <laughs> you have your own M.O., don't you, Agent Desmond? Agent Desmond is the polar opposite of Dale Cooper. And he would be so cool on the show. He would be so cool. He would. They're at Haps. Yeah, Haps. Haps uh, Diner. It's worse than Denny's. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a crying clown on the neon sign. I, know, I didn't think I'd even noticed that before. I think because some of the lights are out or something. Or yeah, he, well, it's it's crying because it had the the midnight special. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any specials. Oh yeah, that's true. They don't have any specials. Want to hear about our specials? We don't, we don't have, have specials. specials. Playing and with this light, electricity. There's a whole thing about electricity in this uh, film. Yes. He's dead. Good and dead. So the whole thing with electricity, it's is this, this idea that maybe the spirits travel through electricity. I, I, I you know, that's something, but I didn't bring up. But they showed an electric box. Uh, trailer park, and then you, yeah, they show the power lines, mm. the electricity, yes, and then we would see everybody in that room, right? Which I didn't know was above the convenience store, but yeah, yeah, a whole and there's a guy, a character in there that says electricity. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yep. The Fat Trout Trailer Park. Agent Desmond, are you talking to me in code? <laughs> No, Sam. I'm speaking plainly. I mean exactly what I said. It's funny because I, you know, I read the script, like I have the script, and so I would always Thanks, read this. It's still kind of funny yeah, to actually good. see these characters actually speaking. Because all I've ever had oh, was the wow. script to, to, to go on. That's cool. Yeah. 
Now, who do you think wrote Let's Rock? It's gotta be a little man, doesn't it? It has do to be. Do you think right? that's like the beginning? Like, like saying this point on, your life is gonna change. Like, let's rock. Like, or was that a warning? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. at this point, this is gonna be it. Yeah. Or a warning. I don't know. And the funny thing is, too, it's backwards, too, because we're looking th- inside the, the car. Yeah, to that. you're right. But I, it just seems to be a message. I mean, it's definitely for the fans. I don't know yeah. what else to say. So this is the legendary scene that we've waited 20 years for. Cable Ben Steele. Cable Ben Steele, which we see a, a clip. Right. Uh, a newspaper clip. But this brings me back to Twin Peaks with the bending of the arms. Backwards. Oh, yeah. This is where Nadine was, there. Yeah. Uh, maybe it, it's sort of like he's <laughs> Nadine. He's got superhuman strength. <laughs> I think I'll just take this badge off, J. Edgar, if you don't mind. So one of the things I didn't mention, too, is that in Twin Peaks... The only way you're going to get that body out... When Cooper first comes in on the pilot, he says, you know, uh, don't... uh, Says to Truman, don't give us a hard time. You know, we've had problems in the past about people giving us a hard time. And, you know... These jerks. These jerks, right. It's like, you know, when the FBI comes in, they're in charge. And it's like, this is, you know, showing... Oh, wow. Yeah, I I didn't take that in. Because these guys are so, such jerkies to them. Right. Jerkies. They just call them jerkies. I say jerk-offs, but they're jerkies. Chet Desmond's uh, taking his shirt off here, or at least his... Uh... And they got their own Lucy. <laughs> yes. But she's like... And Andy, right? Andy and Lucy? Yes. Oh, Chet just got <laughs> sucker punched. He was going to bend steel and... Yeah, that guy's like Andy and Lucy because they're kind of hanging out together. Right, blonde and so now they're gonna fist fight here. That's the that, this is the legendary fight. This scene does not work, and it's like I understand why it was cut. Like they just mm-hmm. don't look like they're really fighting, and they're like missing and nothing and happens. Nothing happens. Yeah, it just didn't work, and so I understand why maybe they decided not to use this. And then. The- <laughs> And honestly, Chris Isaac is going to take him down. I mean, this is the guy who wrote Wicked Game. Come on now. He's going to take him down. Nobody's going to hit hit his face. Talking about Wicked Games, I think there was two uh, music videos, and David Lynch actually did direct one of the music videos of Wicked Games. Oh, nice. So they've had a, a relationship before Firewalk with me. I mean, this is a long scene, and it goes nowhere fast. Yeah, it's really kind of pointless. It is just showing, like, like okay, so whoever wins, what, they're going to cooperate? You know, like... It just, yeah, it just shows that Chet Desmond is a badass. And this guy's just a moron. It's funny, too. You know, we talk about the difference between Cooper and Desmond. Cooper would never punch. I mean, he, I mean he's fought a couple times, but he doesn't really get into fights. Yeah. I mean, the image of them both putting up their dukes is the image I remember for years always being like, we have to get those deleted scenes. <laughs> All we, because of this scene. And, and then you see it, and you're like, well. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, there's some really gems in here that uh, it's it's worth having. Oh, and then Chet Desmond bends steel. He bends that steel. So, yeah. Who's next? So this would allow them to work with them putting their sheriff in the hospital. 
So now we've got a scene with a, at the FBI office. Diane? <laughs> That's awesome. You haven't changed your hair, and I've seen that beautiful dress before. But I must say, you look sensational today. No, I'm not trying to buy time. It's Thursday, and you have changed something in this room. And this time you've done very well. Very well. But I'm going to tell you exactly what it is in a moment. Now, I, I always skipped and think, oh, we're going to finally see what Diane looks like. From yeah. the script I was reading, I was like, oh, Got we it. know. Diane, you've moved that clock 12 inches to the left. But they don't show Diane. I like uh, yes, that. Have a triumph I for the dashing Agent Cooper. It's like and the now, Diane, you must clean the coffee cups, get fresh ground coffee from Sally, and make a damn great pot of coffee. He's a little goofy, like a little more goofy than usual. I don't know if I, how I feel about that scene. He's just so, he's so over the top. Well, I'm just going to pause it for that one. Um, yeah, that is like, it feels like just like goofy fun. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't work in the movie. Cause right. The movie Where do you very, put it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's very serious, very dark. But it, I like that side of Cooper. Hmm. And maybe it's almost flirtatious. It is. Like he's flirting with right. her. So seeing him, we've seen him like that before with females where he's flirting. Mm. He's goofy. And I think seeing Diane will ruin it. Diane is sort of like the neighbor in Home Improvement. You don't <laughs> see Wilson's face. And just like in Cheers, you don't see uh, Norm's, Norm's wife. wife right. In Frasier, you don't see... Uh, Niles' wife. Sure. And, Big like, Bang Theory, you don't see that. Wallowitz's mom. mom. Right. Like, it, it's cool because you can have so much fun with that character by not really having a character. Right. And so it's still, our theory could still be that he's talking to himself. We don't know. Yeah. Right? But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I kind of feel like that could be it. Because he does get those earplugs very quickly. Very quickly. And I can't even get two-day shipping <laughs> half the time on Amazon. Yeah. But he got earplugs in a day, so... <laughs> I don't know, magic. Well, Agent Desmond wanted to check out the trailer court one more time. He asked me to drive the van with the body back to Portland, which he did. It's 105 miles. So it definitely seems like originally the script was that there was probably no Chet Desmond, that it was going to be Dale Cooper investigating the whole thing. And then when Kyle McLaughlin didn't want to do it, and then he came back, and when he did say he was going to do it, I think they probably just changed it so that Chet Desmond would oh. do the beginning. Chet Desmond never did explain to me what the Blue Rose meant. Neither will I. The blue hose. Well, all right. You know, I really did like Agent Desmond. He had his own M.O. Oh, this is oh, after Desmond disappeared. I the yeah. Case with a machine like right, this. that's what Cooper did. Heard all about. No, they never would have found Cooper's very annoyed by Sam. Like He's <laughs> why? Because no one else had a machine like this. Tell me about the letters. Oh, well, look in here. Right there. So this is when Cooper sees the Agent letter. Desmond and I found that under Teresa Banks' ring fingernail. And so he know right, and in the TV show, he talks about that, like, we've seen this before. before right. Yeah. found the ring? No, sir, we did not. That's the owl ring. Sam Stanley. Yeah. How did you know what's the ring? Teresa had a dirt on her hands, part where the ring was clean. And oh, so it, okay. And then when they went to her home, they saw a picture of the ring. The missing pieces are all coming back right. to me. Now. And then Chet will be the last one to see the ring because the ring was under the under the trailer. Under and the he trailer. goes to reach for it, and that's the last we know of Chet. Like, I used to think that he disappeared right at that moment, like that he was like taken to the Black Lodge. But mm. I don't know. We just don't know what happens after that. The mystery of Chet will live on. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in the Great Northern. No, no. We didn't see the Great Northern in the movie. I don't. No, we didn't. We didn't we see Ben the, Horn or any of them. Yeah, no. yeah. He was. They had. They had. 
They had a part for Ben Horn, but the actor wasn't interested in the film at all, so he didn't film anything. And there's nothing missing pieces with him? No, he wow. didn't want. He wasn't interested in making the film. I mean, I think that he they would have had Ben Horn giving drugs to Laura Palmer, and he just he just didn't see like that's what his character would do. Agent Jeffries. Gracias. Do you have Miss Judy standing here? Miss Judy. Miss Judy. This is for you. Uh, la señorita, the young lady, she left it for you. So there's a connection here with Judy. At this place, he, he, he's supposed to meet with her? Yeah, interesting. So we get to know... This is this would probably maybe take place prior to him rushing in. Yep, it takes place before that. We're rushing in the FBI office there, and then you have dancers and oh, we're now. See, there's we've seen shots of the in, pole. Yeah, in the, this version, it's in the poles. We're in Twin Peaks. It's the trees. Hmm. We we don't see many trees until we actually enter Twin Peaks. Right. The woodsman there. This was in the movie. This. Well, they, yeah. Barn. So these are extended scenes of of the uh, above the convenience store. So, does electricity allow them to leave Twin Peaks? Maybe it does seem that way. From pure air. From pure air, which would be the woods. Right from the sky, from the above. So from pure air, when people say the great outdoors is like um, fresh air. Yes. That could be the electricity poles. Yeah. Power lines. Going up and down. I wonder if that means going in and out of people. Animal life, the owls. Hmm. Carmica. I think he's really describing the ring. It's yeah. green. Green. In its color, the, maybe you're right, the ring is like key. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> With this ring, ID wed, and you you still kind of wondering if if it's like we're we're in a pack. You wear this, we're we're kind of together now or something. Mm, yeah, I was wondering about that because I was trying right. to think about who was getting married. I think it's the marriage yeah. of possession or mm. taking over your life. And see the red room kind of comes. Yeah, we dissolve into the red room. Yeah, and yeah, that. Oh, so yeah, okay. You do wonder were they always in the red room? Is the above the convenience store and the red room the same thing, or is it an extension of it? It's still not clear, but yeah, I feel like it's almost the same thing. But I feel like electricity allows them to leave Twin Peaks Hmm. and come or travel. There's the ring. 
yeah, the, the ring. So the ring is the gateway. The way I wrap my head around it, they come from the trees, they go in and out, up and down. That would be power lines because those go up and down. You have the lines connecting them. Mm. And they can travel. So maybe it's like the physical and the spiritual, like the realms that you have yeah. the physical realm and then you get leave that and you go into the spiritual realm and you can go back and forth. The two worlds are yeah. are, are the physical and spiritual. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's how I'd see it. Like, it's almost like Lynch, he's not going to tell you, but you have your theories, but he gives you a good visual uh, things that can have so many meanings. Like, sometimes someone gives you a visual, that's the way it is, but his visuals can really open up your imagination, mm, you know? Totally. So, really, you can take it in any way. That up and down, the intercourse, that could be person to person. From uh, Cooper's Dream... And in the the European version of the pilot, there's a whole through the darkness of future past. The magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire walk with me. Mm. And some people say chance as oh I'm doing a chant oh yeah yeah or something like that. And other people say chance as one chance out between two worlds. David Bowie's back. <laughs> we actually get to see him walking out of the <sighs> elevator. I thought he'd be in the movie so much more. Yeah. Is that you? Oh, so this is Philip. It's extended. Cooper. Okay. Meet the long-lost Philip Jeffries. You may have heard of him at the Academy. Well, now, I'm not going to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. Gordon? I know Coop stand fast. Who do you think that is there? Mm. Suffered some bumps in the old noggin, eh, Phil? What the did he say, Albert? Mm. That's Special Agent Dale Cooper. Where in the hell have you been, Jeffrey? I sure as hell want to tell you everything, but, but I ain't got a whole lot to go on. But I will tell you one little bitty thing. Judy is positive about this. How interesting. I thought we were going to leave Judy out of Albert? <laughs> Mayday! Mayday. Look at the ship. February 1989. Isn't that when Cooper what, goes What, am I alone in here? Is it clear that he's a time traveler? Like, is that clear to you? I, I a part of me feels like he's, he's like, clearly he was in the bat, uh, Black Lodge. He sat with him. He was missing for two years. So I have to, like, when we recorded this, I missed a lot of that because I was distracted by watching the movie. So I'm seeing that more... For the first time, like, not the first time, but, like, really understand what was going on. I don't know if he's a time traveler, but he, it feels like he can go between the two now, all of a mm -hmm. sudden. Like, I, do you mean, like, time travel, like, he can go between the two worlds? No, I mean time travel that he's in the past, present, future. Is he sort of like the guy from Lost? <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, Scott Bakula going quantum leap. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, my, and hopefully my last leap will be my, my, my last leap home. <laughs> <laughs> that was me trying to do his, his impression. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I take it time traveler. I mean, do we? It's weird. He goes to that hotel. He's looking for Judy. Yes. There's a monkey. You mentioned the Wizard of Oz thing, which yep. I didn't realize. I do like that theory. And I do like that theory that Judy could be Laura Palmer. There's a ring. He mentions a ring. Cooper tells Laura not to put the ring on. Mm -hmm. That connects that whole thing. He was in the room with them for two years, and he's gone stir-crazy, 
and points at Cooper, like you're saying, like, is he, does he think that that's Bob? Because Cooper, if and we, we this is the past. This is we're, we're now we're talking. This yeah. is uh, Teresa Banks time period. Yeah. and stuff. So a year before Laura Palmer. Exactly. And if we said that the Black Lodge has no time, mm-hmm. Cooper would be there. Laura would be there. Maybe. So he could be a time traveler only because he's in the Black Lodge in some ways. There's no time. Right. The Black Lodge and above the convenience store is the same place. We yeah. don't know yeah, for I sure. So what we do know is uh, Agent Jeffries is saying he was at one of their meetings above the convenience store. Mm. That, for two years. For, it was a long meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've covered long meetings just as long at work. <laughs> Felt like two That's years. <laughs> Again, I don't know. I mean, we that with time, we don't know if he was there for five minutes and he comes out and and time is different. But Cole does says you've been missing for two years. What I'm saying is he might have gone into the the Black Lodge or the Bubba right. store. He comes back out and it's been five minutes for him. In the okay, so the electricity kicks in and he disappears. Yep. Gordon Cole mentions May May Day May Day May Day, and Agent Jeffries is saying February, mm-hmm. and so like. He disappears when he realizes – to me, he disappears when he realizes he's not in the right time, like that Ooh. that the month is different or something like that. Do you, he yeah. realizes it's time to leap again. <laughs> yeah, because he lifts his head up. He goes, February 1989. Right, which is when Laura Palmer oh dies. God. In the shooting script, Jeffries uh, looks at a, a calendar and he's shocked that it's, it's 1989. He could be like Scott Bakula and he's trying to get back home or he's trying to warn – but he's not hitting the right time. Yeah. So in a way, he's a time traveler because he he came back, but he's a year early. Yeah. And they don't always talk. Well, who are you? And Cooper's like, I'm Cooper. And right. nobody. And Cooper seems really bothered by him a lot. That like he well probably because he just appeared out of nowhere. Some people think I don't know if I agree with this, but some people think Agent Jeffries could be the monkey. That like he's hiding there. Like who? If he's at this meeting, where? <laughs> which one is he? Is he one of the people that's that we visually see? Is he, or is he just there at a different time period? I think he's there. I think, I think, a different time period. I. Th- I believe that um, if we had seen him there, the mystery would be thrown off, mm-hmm. right? In a story t- yeah. standpoint, I feel like we need to we need to put the, together the pieces of what he his journey is, right? But I like the theory of time traveler because of the Black Lodge, and he's not finding he needs to figure out what his place is. Mm-hmm. And he knows something, he just doesn't know how to say it because he's like, you know, Cole's obviously, well, you can put down in paper what you saw. This is not the first character to be disoriented and loss of time. We have. Oh, uh, Major Briggs. Major Briggs has happened all times. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done the same thing. So it's almost like this, this is a continuation of a character that seems to be connected to the White or Black Lodge and. Goes goes missing for a period of time. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, yep. So Major Briggs has had the same problem where he he might have felt like he was only gone for five or ten minutes. Right. But like his wife was like, "You've been gone for months." Yeah. Right. Or weeks. Because like, he like he says like, "How long have I been gone?" And he's like, "Oh, it seems shorter than that." Or something. Yeah. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't put that connection together. Ah! That scene. David, that, I've been waiting for that scene. Yeah. So so he just he basically comes firing back to the hotel there. 
Is that Judy on the ground? No, it's a maid. I think it's just a ma maid, like people that work in the hotel. Whoa! Oh, Mr. Jeffries! Oh, the shit that come out of my ass. What do you say? <laughs> shit, shit that comes out of my ass. Are you the man? I think they think he's the devil. Uh, Are you the man? Uh, 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 uh. So. That's interesting. Yeah, that's so, a cool yeah. scene. I mean, that's something I would I definitely I'd love to see because, you know, seeing that and it you know took twenty some odd years later to actually see oh that's where he ended up at least in the script and in and what they filmed he ended up back in this hotel. hotel. So he rode the lightning. <laughs> he rode the lightning back to the hotel and yeah they think he's like the devil like like. Right. Like he just appeared and he's appeared. Smoking. Yeah, <laughs> like he's Doctor Who on crack. Why did he go back to that hotel? Because Judy was at that hotel, right? He was looking for Judy. Right. But we do know that Laura Palmer, she was never at that hotel, from what we know. Right. Does that theory of Judy and Laura Palmer is that theory thrown out the window now? Maybe. I mean, so this is the other theory that it's uh, Josie Packer's twin sister that, that <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I don't know if that came from uh, Bob Angles or where it came from, but. Ah, uh, oh, Josie. Josie. Nobody cares about Josie. Nobody cares. So I think it's Buenos Aires, um, Argentina is supposed to be that, that, that's the location of where he's supposed to be. Looking for Judy. In the missing scenes, Judy doesn't make sense as Laura Palmer. In the movie, it could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can recreate this. I mean, we can do that for season three. We, we don't have to stay true to the script or what they filmed. We can yeah. say, hey, you know, he never went to this hotel. He was always yeah, yeah. in the Black Lodge yeah, or in the above the convenience store. These or, scenes are so good, you feel like it was part of the movie. Right. And obviously, Lynch had, they had this vision, and they had to right. cut it down to make it coherent. Yeah. To make it, hey, we're going to tell Laura's story. Right. And I feel that that works. You're absolutely right. All this stuff is great. But it takes away from, from the main more, focus. Right. And I, I don't know if David Lynch really is how good an actress Cheryl Lee is, was. I mean, like, she did an amazing performance. Many of, of the fans, of course, say that she should have won an Oscar. I mean, she she was incredible and yeah, stuff. And I think good. we don't we only get to see Maddie, and then we see her amazing performance when in Maddie's death. But you don't see a lot of what she's capable of. And she plays it well. She's creepy. That smile is jokerish. <laughs> it's creepy yeah. because it's like she's crazy, you know? Right. And it, her laugh and like it it puts chills down my spine um how creepy it is. She reminds me of the 1989 Batman when the Joker creates Joker people. Oh yeah. And the girls have the big smile. <laughs> That's her Laura Palmer smile reminds right. me of. I mean, is she getting possessed? I mean, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think about. Leo, Leo, five thousand dollars. Okay, so this gives Relax. us history about the whole Leo and and them. the money situation. And yeah, all, yeah. Sunny. Which look, snake. It kind of falls apart near the yeah. end. Nobody cares right. about the right. money anymore because yeah, you better have it. I'm walking with Laura. I guess oh, I so. This is an extension from the, the very first shot that we that's saw. I didn't even realize that this was the first shot. Of Twin Peaks, where That's they're right. saying, I am the man. Laura Palmer! Right is yeah. It's because it's from a different angle. Mine I noticed that. Is the man. man. Yeah. Laura Palmer, I'll see you later. <laughs> and we don't know why Maybe. Donna, the, the original Donna, we got a new Donna. I don't know. I, I've heard that um, <laughs> Laura Flamboyle is difficult to work with. Is I don't she know coming back in season three? Was she listed? No. Interesting. I wonder if we're gonna get an actress that we might we'll get. Just... We might get a third Donna. It's a, 
this Donna's not in it, the actress, so we, okay. might, we, we might get a third Donna. Cigarette. 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 Oh, um, wow. Car. Sure. What is the hurry? Um, I forgot my books. Oh. Sarah Palmer went grocery shopping? Oh. She never leaves <laughs> the house. She smokes like a sieve. Right. You'll never be a smoker if you don't start. I'm in it. Mother of the year. Mother <laughs> of the year. Don't smoke. It's too late. Laura's been smoking. <laughs> I know. It's a cute exchange between them to see that, like, there is a relationship there between them. Yeah. And later on I, in the movie, we see two ashtrays filled with cigarettes. Yes. And I and uh, Donna makes a joke about that. Yep. Right? That she'd be dead if she yes. had Yes. Yeah. You don't have to lie to me. Ever. You can tell me anything. I will understand. It's an amazing Sorry, scene. Dad. It's like, it's like, Dad is is molesting me. Do you understand that? I mean, I know, like she's saying, you can I tell know. me anything. It's like, really? Can I tell you anything? Can I tell you that like, Dad is is really drugging bad? you? Drugging it. Yeah. <laughs> says he's yeah. I I feel like this scene wouldn't have worked in the movie because Sarah has to be shown. Is more passive. Hmm. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Lana. <laughs> what is this now, take? I'm hungry. This is me every night. <laughs> <laughs> Put food in my belly. <laughs> what? So I think this scene is supposed to be like a fun side to see that hey that they, they were hater Palmer that there could be good times between mm. the, the family what <laughs> the Norwegians are coming next week the Norwegians are leaving the Norwegians yes now Sarah you first next week this is so close. Yeah, because this whole movie Ready? takes place over seven Higley? days. I did not know that. Yeah, this last wow. seven days of her life. Yeah. This scene does give you the fun Leland. And I think this is truly Leland. Like he's smiling and stuff. That's very good. We'll practice some more. You try it. Okay. Higley Omotadem. But the movie plays him so dark. Yeah. There's not even a There's moment. no room to breathe. I mean, yeah, for him, yeah, he has that one moment of break yeah, where he breaks and cries. Mm. And he goes, I, I, I love you. And he comes and kisses her on the head. And I feel like that's Leland. Oh, and maybe ahead. it's part of him realizing what's going on. Hmm. And he can't control it. Yeah, but this kind of could have worked a little bit. Yeah, it would have been nice to see a scene that they they they, they did love each other. That's my girls. That's my girls. <laughs> Goes on too long with them laughing. It could have been too much, but I think it could have worked oh a little bit. In there. <laughs> you almost feel like were they really like? I mean, generally laughing at that scene. Like, yeah. were they? It wasn't even acting anymore. They were just generally having a good time. Right. You know. 
I think I mean, there's an interview where I think they did say that they had a good time doing that scene. Yeah, I, I get that impression. I think the scene is is like <laughs> she she goes to a random truck driver and gets a lift and. This is sort of like the the diary. Yeah, you're right. There is that. This is a scene in the diary that. Yep. Friend of Leo's, right? Yeah. But I, I guess there are a lot of truck drivers in the area, probably. Logging company, logging town. Yeah, she's revving his engine. Ah. <laughs> and he's driving a semi. Man. <laughs> oh. oh, this is a good one. This is. Uh, I think we're now at the lumber yard. Martell. Hey, he wasn't in the movie. Nope. And Josie and the banker from episode 29. Oh, boy. In the pilot, Pete Martell is at the lumber yard and he's sitting down at a desk and he's doing and he's saying two by four, four by two. Oh. <laughs> he's like sitting, he's just counting and stuff, but it's still kind of funny to go from the pilot where he was doing that and then to have this scene. It just reminds me that he Yeah, it's like that. a callback. It's a callback to yeah. two by four. four. And then it's neat to see Josie. She's dumber than ever, but I mean, it's so cool to have a scene. I don't know if there's anything else of her. I think that ah, might be it. Thank God. That's all you need. <laughs> That's all her. you need enough of Josie. Yeah, Josie. Oh, what could have been? You know, I feel like Josie's character could have been better, more intertwined with mythology, with the whole, with the whole, door, with the, with the drawer knob. Mm. I actually was, wanted her to be more evil. Like she was kind of evil in the first season, yeah. where, where uh, Ben Horn said he had stuff on her, and then I said oh, I've got stuff on you. The key. The key, right? Yeah, I got a bigger like, key. I'll bury ah. you and stuff. And I was like, yeah, she's a, she's gonna, she's gonna, you know, kill somebody and do stuff. And she was like, kind of became weak and yeah. scared all the time. But yeah. So now we've got the double R diner scene. Shelly. Yeah. Norma. Shelly Norma. Heidi has a bloody nose. A bloody nose? You think you could give Laura a hand? And there's Heidi. We mentioned Heidi in the pilot (laughs) and in the last episode, episode 29 there. And then I realized the duality with Shelly and Norma. What's that? They're both married to criminals. True. And they make points of that in the show. Big Ed and Nadine came. They walk into Double R and then they see Norma. Like, Never mind. Is that because? Sorry. Well, because they were in high school and Big oh, Ed was yeah. dating Norma, so so. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And Norma's hair is short. We never did talk about this when we were talking about Fire Me, but Cheryl Lee is wearing a wig. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like the wig at all. It's too puffy. It doesn't look natural. No. What's with that, Laura? She's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I do like that Lynch does doesn't do always close ups. He does these wide shots. Like we still have Heidi in the background, and <laughs> we've got the uh, cook. I think that cook guy in the far back there is actually was in uh, the new series. He actually has a part to play. Oh really? He did die right after his his scene that he shot. Oh wow. But, uh, oh oh no. Mabel, I'm so sorry about what happened. <laughs> Let's get together later if we can. This is like the beginning of their affair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want you to know that I put seven whole huckleberries in each muffin. <laughs> a lot there, of huckleberries. There is definitely this whole muffin theme throughout the movie. I think there was somewhere else there was a talk about her being the muffin. It's a secret message for Laura. The angels will return. And when you see the one that's meant to help you, you will weep with joy. 
Wow. That's the ending of the movie. Wow. Why did they cut that out? That is beautiful. That is really sweet. It's ah. foreshadowing. It is. That is really awesome. Did you ever know? Did you ever notice that? I did not know this. I we just talked about that. Yeah, she's right well, here. Well, we talked, not just talked about, but we talked about that during Firewalk with me. But the angel takes her away at the end, and you were saying how you felt that was the ending yeah. if they never gave us a season yes. three. But I, didn't, I, I haven't seen this scene with Doc Hayward, wow. so I didn't know about this. I haven't read it in the script. I, this is new to me. That's like, it's like foreshadowing. But that's something David Lynch doesn't really do is foreshadowing. Not really to that extent. Not, not to extent. Be, no. Not to be like bashed over the head. It's uh-huh. kind of like, this is how the movie ends. The angels will come and somebody will take care of you and you will be happy. Agent that's Cooper. Awesome. That's cool. That's very cool. That, right, right, like right there. You could be like, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe you didn't want to let too much hope in. <laughs> yeah. Too, yeah. Right? Because the movie is very... Dark. So dark. Oh, Very dark. Yeah, yeah. Because that would be bashing over your head, mm. super, super foreshadowing. Right, sweet. But it's like, really cool. And I always think about Bobby Briggs saying, like, everybody knew she was in trouble. You know, at the, at but the nobody funeral. helped her. Nobody helped her. It's like, you all knew that she had problems. Like, everybody wants to believe that she was, she did no wrong and she had no problems. But deep down, they knew that there was something going something on. Going. The perfect family, yeah. the, fa- the, 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 the facade. Right. Yeah. Goodbye, Muffin. <laughs> no. You're the Muffin. I like her as Donna more than yeah. I like Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Maura Kelly is the actress. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, I mean, after the initial shock, I, it, it didn't, like, bother me. Sometimes when you have a character mm. change, it, right. like, it glares, and you're like, uh Well, I mean, she definitely fits the part of innocent Donna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> red room, red room floor, love it. This is an extended scene from what we've already seen. But. Is this future? Or is this past? Yeah, in that ring, a conduit yeah. to both worlds, possibly and, or whatever. Right, you don't see it, but you do wonder if Chet touched the ring and if he was taken away. And uh, I feel like Lauren could have been taken away, too, when, uh, you know, as she's getting killed. This part is the future. The past, right? Well, it's it's the the past because we're with Laura Palmer. Cooper is in the future, but there's no time. So he's in this area trying to communicate with Laura. Oh, I see. You can take it from that end. Sure. I guess, sure. He's in the future. Laura's in the past. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Communicating. Okay, but, but like, there's no time. Right. So when Cooper's in there, I guess like if we go like True Detective season one, like <laughs> uh, times a flat circle. Okay. Like the center of that circle would be nothing. It would be no time. Hmm. It would just ta- time would stand still. Uh, whatever room would be in the middle, and then you reach out, and there would be different times. And the further you go down, the further the t- distance, the further the time. So Laura would be. In her own time period, and then they, he could communicate. All I'm right, Andy. all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. true, though. We need, Cole, I, we need Cole Russ. From True Detectives. From True Detectives. It's all circle. It's all circle. And the ring is a circle. Yes. And the, uh, the whole, yes, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. It's all circle. But I yeah. like that. I do like that, that there is no time. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for me, it make, that's how I would wrap my brain around it, because I can't. Wrap my brain around it if I don't think about it that way, right? I don't. Very cool. Yeah. Don't take the ring. 
I'm still puzzled, you know, almost 25 years later, trying to understand, should Laura have taken the ring or she should she not take the ring? I mean, like, what else options does she have? I mean, like... When your whole family is against you, and right. your own father's against you, you have no other options. I but I don't believe yeah. in suicide. I don't believe in killing yourself either. Yeah. So it's it's a tough one because it seems like by putting that ring on, she's agreeing to be killed and take uh, allowing herself. But maybe in her eyes, it could be allowing herself um, peace because hmm. she's not finding peace in her own life. Right. You know. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I knows? guess yeah. The best way to look at it, maybe, is if I shouldn't even think of suicide, the no, best way no. to look at it is she's not agreeing to be possessed. She 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 knows by putting on the ring that she will not be possessed. Yeah, by because Bob or taken over by because she already was kind of is. She was she was leading in that direction. Yeah, she yeah. Was talking, he was talking through her, and yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't take it as that uh, like suicide. I would take it as in the world of Twin Peaks would be like. Her peace. She hasn't had peace in her life at right. all. You know. Yeah. She says the age of twelve. She. Uh, yeah, that's Bob horrible. Like, yeah. So. I want to taste through the fan. The fan. Yeah. A whole new meaning in the fire walk me. I mean, like hypnotizing her yeah. almost, like putting her in her trance. It's pretty creepy. It is. Now I can't find my blue sweater. Did you take it again? Mom? What? What are you wearing? A blue sweater. Mm-hmm. You're a mess, Mom. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe she... Mom. Was she drugged? And she can't remember? Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, no. Mom, it's happening again. No, it's... it's happening again. No, no, it's not. Just it's sit happening down. again. It's happening again. See, I think, like... Being drugged, she loses memory, she huh. loses time. Sometimes on the road, I mentally go through this whole house and picture wherever you had this. This makes me think about the cigarettes where he knows there's two different brands yeah, of cigarettes and you should only be smoking one. And it's like, he's like, I know this house. Object, yeah. But dirt can find its way anywhere. He's such a jerk. This mm. is where we live, Shelly. <laughs> this is where we live. Big Ed and Norma. So this is the shot, it was a picture. That we we were aware of that was deleted scenes. So back twenty some odd years ago, we knew that this scene existed. Wow. I, I, that. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I didn't Jim care Cole, if we P. saw this. P. I wanted to see, you know, I was interested in uh, Sheriff Cable, it's and I was looking for more Cooper. Tester, Harry gave it to me. What's it say? <laughs> it says you can't even walk. <laughs> oh. Sweet. I always like them together. Yeah, they're it's, good. They're yeah. a good couple. Let's hope we can find uh, happiness for them here if they're if they're <laughs> yeah. in season three. I think we're one great big giant smash up. So Donna was offered cocaine from Buck. You are. Oh, yeah. Now we have the one armed man and candles. Kind of like the European pilot with a with yeah. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And we only see him in the normal cut. He's talking backwards. And he's lighting the candle, unlighting the candles. Fire walk with me? Yeah. Fire. 
so is he channeling? Is he trying to capture Bob? Because this would be him prior to finding hunting Bob down. I think right, right. So that would make sense. And the the one chant out between two worlds. Yeah. Fire walk with me. So this is flesh world. He's looking. Oh. This is where he must have found oh, Teresa, Teresa Banks. I really like your picture. This whole movie makes him come off creepy. Yes. So what is this? This is Laura with who's who's that? Renette. Renette. Guy split. He's split. It's funny. I think Renette has longer hair yeah. in the in the movie than she did in the in the show. But so in the movie, we just saw a clip of these two. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene showing that Leland was there. Well, Leland was. I, th I think he was gonna he was gonna get it on with a couple girls, and then he realized that it was his through the oh, window. He realized his daughter. It was his daughter, and that's yeah. Now, why would she have the ring? Well, it must have been Leland must have given her the ring, right? I mean, oh, you think? Right. I mean, this is a year before the yeah the uh, the, the this last seven days of, uh, yep. of Laura Palmer. So Teresa must have gotten the, the ring from from Leland, yeah. What does Laura Palmer's father look like? Uh, very handsome. Hey, wavy black hair is like a movie star. His accent is really bad. <laughs> but I don't remember him having that, Canadian accent, that accent in the show. I remember him in the show talking kind of fairly normal. No, that's I Was mean, it that bad? I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. So he, come to find out, when he was up for his, the part, he, he did his Pepe Le Pew impression. And they said, he said he wanted to, like, get a dialect coach for, like, a Canadian accent. I see. And they're like, no, it's fine. But he wanted it to make it sound right. more like a Canadian. Right. But he said he was basically doing a Pepe Le Pew impression. Well, like a Canadian Pepe Le Pew. All the brothers have different accents. I mean, all, yes. all, <laughs> <laughs> none of them are the same. They didn't. And they look nothing alike. They look nothing alike, and they all sound different. Forget, it's Johnny Horn's birthday today. <laughs> Jenny Horn's birthday. See, like that seemed would have felt good in the movie. I felt like you want some uh, some lighter tone. Or, yeah, or like I felt like the movie. We all know Leland was the killer, but it's so hard because this happened after the show. If this had happened before the movie, I guess having a happier Leland would have made total sense. But having some sprinkle of happiness, like yeah. where he was a, a good father, right. might have been like a false sense. Oh, he's a good dad. But the movie just portrays him as total jerk. Yeah. Yeah, like you and don't maybe like it's him the, at the all. the last seven days of Laura Palmer, so maybe like this is the most intense yeah. time. Like maybe a month ago or six months right. ago, yeah. it was, things were, were better. But, you know, there was that scene where they were they were at the, the dinner table and he's like, you know, he's trying to teach them another language. He's like, my name is Leland Palmer. And they all laughed. And that was a cute scene. And I kind of wish they had kept that yeah. in there. That would have been a great scene to have left in. Like a but, moment of humanity. Right. Kind of say that this was once a family that lo loved each, each other. other. <laughs> I love They're it. just Laura's just sitting at the table, quiet, eating a muffin. A muffin again, right? A the muffin. whole thing about you're, you're the muffin. muffin. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we just called in. Burning the mule left Cannon about an hour ago. Okay. He wasn't in the movie at all. Nope. That means we Harry stopped Truman. watching Jacques. Set a trap for Bernie. Going for Jacques' brother Bernie there. He's coming in on foot. That's right, Andy. I love this. They just look at each other. No talk. <laughs> There's nothing to say. 
He's coming out of who's coming out of foot? Bernie. Bernie. Hawk looks at him. They look. Andy looks at Truman. You know, this reminds me of the Indian and the. Um, yes, uh, the Frenchman and the, the Indian. Indian. Movie. Yes, this reminds me. There's an awful lot of trails for us to cover. Hmm? No, I was thinking, what a long hike Bernie has to take. It's fun. I think it's dark humor. I think it's funny. Truman's not is not okay. amused. Truman seems frustrated. Yes, and they did have that in the series that he seemed like he'd get frustrated with his crying and. Thank you, Andy. Killed someone, Laura. And I think he killed somebody different in in the uh, in the diary in the Laura Palmer diary. There was a whole thing that he he actually killed another person. So he he may have killed a few people. Yeah, Laura. You didn't come to see me yesterday. Jacoby! Jacoby! It was Johnny Horn's birthday. I promised I'd be with him. In the show, he didn't come off as creepy, but here he kind of comes off as like, I love you. And and she, those tapes that he sent her were very flirty. That's like, true. Oh, I had so, a dream. And like, yeah, she comes across like she's enjoying it. Yeah. And then here it sounds like she's being forced to do it, and she seems disgusted. I don't know if she's forced, or she just, I think she's just got a lot on her mind, yeah. and she's just like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah, that could be it. Asparagus. Did she say I hate asparagus in the diary? I feel like she did. Yeah. I think so. Asparag- I hate asparagus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a redo. It's good for you. Charlotte Stewart's scene with uh, Don Davis, who plays Mr. Briggs, the Briggs oh, family. Yeah. He's reading the Bible the in the living room. I kind of think it'd be an interesting movie to have this sprinkled out. That uh, like just little, uh, you, you get a little sense that the Twin Peaks characters were part of the film. Yeah. I, I, I know. You want the blow, don't you? Oh, it's okay. In some ways, this feels like a breakup Bobby's scene. Got it. Mm. Like it basically establishes that we know what this relationship really is all about. Yeah, it's all about. And all I can think about is like he's he's upset about this, but he's still with Shelly right now as well. I yeah, mean. I know. But Shelly's married. Oh, that's right. It's like so. he's like he, he's like the other guy for like. All these different women. Oh. Why is Leland walking up the steps? That's so creepy. I think she might be waiting for James, and we maybe we're hearing the motorcycle. Yeah. She's like afraid, but he knows she's there. He's staring her down. If you hear that in front of your house, you're gonna know someone's there. But now it looks like the so Lee's just looking up the sky and there's the moon, and I think she's really upset. Like she knows something is not right. Yes. I think this, I would love to have had this because I love the idea of a feeling of like something's not right and that she knows it, that that's something. Kind of like uh, episode uh, 16 at the Roadhouse, Roadhouse, where people didn't know what was going on, but they knew something was wrong. Yeah. So I would love to have seen that. And they were with the log lady. Yeah. Right? Remember she's eating right. the peanuts? Yeah. And the giant is like, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. And then there's Laura there in the water. owls at the Roadhouse. So what is this? So this is like presents. What happened? I don't know. Oh. Truman just brought her in from Glastonbury Grove. 
Wow. Annie is in the hospital. All bloody. Why up. didn't they give you uh, us this in the movie? <laughs> Where is the ring? Oh. Someone else. I see snow. Where am I? And how can I leave? You are in. Now there is. No place to go. No place to go. What is home? Yeah. It's like mocking him. Yes. No place to go but home. It's sort of right. like Wizard of Oz. Ah, yeah. Another. Yeah, there's no place like home. Yeah, That's no right. place like a home. So it's just a cool extension that Dale is still trapped in the Red Room. Right. And maybe realizing, coming to terms that there's no way. There's no way out. Right. My name is Annie. What about Annie? I've been How's with Annie? Laura and Dale. The good Dale is in the lodge and he can't leave. Write it in your diary. Why do you think this nurse has a diary? Because she thinks she thinks she's talking to Laura. I don't know. Maybe. Because that's what oh, she yeah. says to Laura right. when she's in bed. And she's not looking and she can't see. She's, you're yeah. right, maybe she's in her mind talking to Laura. Laura. So then the nurse takes the ring off of her hand. Which is key. The nurse is stealing it. Yeah, she's definitely talking to Laura. I didn't realize that until you said this, but I think you're absolutely right. I knew about the scene. I didn't think that that's what she's doing, but you're right. She's in her mind and maybe there's yeah. communicate. Oh, now it looks like we're in this last uh, scene from... Uh, oh, man. Code. Episode 29. How's Annie? <laughs> How's Annie? How's Annie? <laughs> Cooper, you all right? Cooper, you all right? Cooper! 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 I slipped and hit my head on the mirror. The glass broke when my head struck it. It struck me as funny, Harry. It's cool to see a little bit more past the end of the finale, but yeah. it doesn't add anything. It no. doesn't add anything to the movie. And I feel like I feel like almost ripped off because you're like you 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 bothered to give me uh, like 30 seconds more. more. And yeah, and it's, it ends the same way. I didn't brush my teeth. Right. And do you, I wonder if that was actually filmed when they did the final episode. No, I'm pretty sure it was done. They redid like, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know, because, I mean, you're right. The, the, the set looks the same and everybody looks the same. But, it, yeah, it was definitely filmed during, for the movie and stuff. But Yeah, it seems silly to add that. Right. Yeah, it's cool to see Annie, though. The Annie in bed talking to Laura and then you see Annie outside yeah th with the ring so using that as like a time right. she's going it's, through time to yeah. kind of like oh my gosh the red I mean no you're saying the ring is a, is a gateway is a way of maybe communicating with Laura but then the nurse taking it mm. is sort of like shit that's Cooper's way back yeah she goes, maybe he goes Annie and the, how do we get home Annie and he goes oh Annie the ring is gone, and the and now the nurse put the ring on. Right. So 
And it, the thing is, is the ring evil? I mean, we still don't know. If or it, is it just allowing these spirits to go in and out of this right. place? Maybe because maybe we never really had an. We never had anything concrete in the show, mm-hmm. but maybe this allowed the lore to be like, this ring is magical. It allows us to kind of communicate with the living or the spiritual or right. whatever you want to call and the it. Ring, and the whole idea of rings is not, this is not new. We had the whole giant and Cooper's ring. and yep. uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is extra scenes, so technically right. this doesn't It is happen. unseen Twin Peaks. It never happened. I mean, it, it's right. It's, it's not canon. I mean, we can look at it. But do you think Mark Frost is going to give us that gap? And could this stuff be interwoven in those in that book he's going to release? Maybe I don't know. I don't feel like it's going to go that way. Mm. Maybe it's a shame. Yeah, Yeah, it's some good stuff. So then we see the corn, (laughs) the cream corn, and now we have credits, and that's how it ends. Deleted deleted scenes, scenes, right? But I mean, for me, my my money's worth it just just to see. just to see the extra stuff in the red room and to see uh, is this is this the past or the future and to see that it's all over the place yeah yeah, really cool. yeah it's and I was cool. I actually was really excited I was really happy with Doc Hayward that scene there because I I knew about it but I didn't see that part where he says hey the angels will rescue you and you do have somebody there and you will laugh and be happy and I think that yeah. that made it for me and yeah yeah and that was like super foreshadowing yes that's what you can do but yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching this. It is is creepy. Uh, I, the deleted scenes do feel like another movie. Yep, Holy. it really does. I mean, that's why I say that. I mean, there was rumors that they were going to make more movies, and so you could you totally could have you totally could have taken some of this footage and then maybe even uh, film more stuff and make other movies out of it. I mm. mean, yeah. But do would the fans feel jerked around because they would just be teasing what would happen to Cooper, not giving the answers? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If that scene had actually played out the end of the movie, people would be Wait. like, oh, we saw this already. Right. Movie you know? two, you, you wait another couple years and then. Yeah. Oh, here's Dale Cooper finally brushing his teeth. You know, right. you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm glad that was, I am glad that he cut that out. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so we've, we've got through all of Firewalk with Me here. Wow, the trilogy is now complete. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like George Lucas. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, no, it that was a lot of fun. Um, I think Firewalk with Me was excellent, and I think the deleted scenes really add to it. And I can mm. see why people would make a uh, edited version. With those scenes in there. Right. Because it could add more to the story. But I think the movie, as a Laura Palmer story, works very well. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and you seem to like, the, you, you You were happy with the Laura Palmer. It could have just been the Laura Palmer yes. show and you would have been happy yes. with that. Yeah. I do. I do feel that way. I think seeing these characters as side characters and cameos, mm-hmm. because it's really about her, someone we don't know nothing about, we didn't know anything about. Right. We the, had we just heard from other people wh- yeah. who she was. Why should I feel, as a, the audience member, sad that Lord Palmer is dead? I know nothing about her. Mm-hmm. I have to learn it through other people. And you learn things, but you don't know who she truly is. You just hear secondhand of what yep. people thought of her. So I think it's cool. I think it's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think it's interesting if people were to watch that first, then watch the show. It, I think that would ruin the mystery. But if you don't care and you want to know how they figure out who the murderer is, 
you can watch. You could probably watch it first, but I really feel like you can't. It's so hard to say. It's out of context. I mean, I still the, 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 the whole Red Room stuff. I mean, why is Cooper in the Red Room? You need you need to have seen the whole series mm. first, yeah. I feel, to be able to really appreciate Firewalk with me. Yeah. And you know what, though? After watching that movie, you could watch the season and then watch the movie and watch it. It's like a circle. That's true. It feels that way, right? right? So I think that's our show. Yes, that is our show. You can email us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com for our Facebook. We're on Twitter. Follow us. Send us messages. We're getting a lot of good stuff. And um, you can find all our stuff at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. Exactly. And please rate us and leave us a five-star review or comment on the iTunes. That'd be awesome. I know. We're going to hit top 50. We're going to hit it. <laughs> I feel it. We'll see you guys next week. Hello, Ben and Brian. My name is Jubal Brousseau. I'm a longtime fan of Twin Peaks. And like many of us, I had my obsession rekindled when the Showtime return was announced in October of 2014. The 6th, to be precise. It was my birthday. And also the day that I received the Blu-ray collection in the mail. I've listened to most Peaks-related podcasts that I can get my hands on, and must say that yours is among the best. You guys have managed to create a successful combination of the old-timer plus a newbie format with some honest-to-God journalism in the field of Twin Peaks studies. I use the term only half-jokingly. And your interviews are always great. I wanted to share with you my theory that I developed through my most recent rewatch of the series and film. I had a great conversation some months back with M and Steve on the Sparkwood and 21 podcast about this stuff, and I wanted to share it with you now that Brian is caught up and waiting with bated breath like the rest of us. Keep up the great work. David Lynch's work is something that I've found easiest to interpret when I just sort of let it wash over my mind like a dream. In a dream, we take the strange events and bizarre temporal juxtapositions in stride. If we approach the bizarre elements of Twin Peaks this way, by being alert and yet letting rationality go, interesting things emerge. It seems to me that Bob, Mike, the Tremonds, the man from another place, and the rest are either transdimensional beings or aspects of a single entity that is pressing in on our own dimension, enough to be aware of human consciousness. By transdimensional, I mean in a fifth dimensional sense, if we live in four, length, width, height, and duration. This entails a form of consciousness that experiences causality as a static state of affairs, which quantum physics and Buddhism both allude to frequently. The town of Twin Peaks and the surrounding area happens to be a place where the veil is thin enough that a kind of cross-section of communication is possible between these entities and those of us that carry a kind of sensitivity. By cross-section, I mean a truncated form that only works through the human subconscious, which would be the closest thing that they could latch onto, a bigger picture way of thinking that is outside of language, which is the product of linear thought. That's what I think the backwards-slash-forwards language of the lodges represents. Somehow electricity comes into play. The buzzing of the ceiling fan. The sound of the power line in the trailer park where Teresa Banks and the Tremonts at one time lived, all herald the being's nearness or arrival. It's almost like the tuning of a radio, and intercourse between two worlds, as the man from another place puts it in Fire Walk With Me, becomes possible. What these entities do is pick up on symbols in our minds and play with them, or arrange them in ways that seeks to communicate, and also represents their communication with each other to us, since we would never be able to comprehend them directly. Garmin Bosia is a prime example. What is creamed corn? It is one of the most universally loathed foods by children, at least in the Western world. It seems to me that it was a symbol attached to an emotion, pain and suffering, that was pulled from the mind of a human that they encountered. 
perhaps someone with a childhood memory of being forced to clean their plate or suffer a beating. Burned engine oil. Strong smells that create specific memory triggers in people. The sense of smell is located in a part of the brain that is very close to our memory center. The formica table, green is its color, is common household furniture, one that came into fashion in the 50s and is the random kind of detail that could have a larger-than-life significance in someone's childhood memory of a beloved or abusive grandmother. Perhaps the original physical model of the form that Mrs. Tremont takes on. It's clear that the Black Lodge exists outside of the realm of linear time. Early on, Cooper as an old man sees Laura, or her representation, who tells her they will meet in 25 years. Philip Jeffries appears after having been missing for two years, points to Cooper and says, Who do you think that is there? Letting us know that while he's been away, Jeffries must have encountered Cooper, or his doppelganger in the Black Lodge, and most chillingly, in a firewalk with me outtake, Annie awakens in her hospital bed, sits up, is clearly somewhere else, and delivers a message to Laura Palmer in the past. There's also the case of the two Coopers, which I'm still trying to figure out. I should credit Scott from the Red Room podcast for this one. In season one, Cooper has his hair parted, and in season two, he starts to slick it back. In Fire Walk With Me and late in the series, there are scenes in the Black Lodge with his hair parted both ways, which would imply that there is the Cooper of season one dreaming of the Black Lodge coexisting with the Cooper of season two, who's trapped there. David Lynch has long been a proponent and practitioner of transcendental meditation as a way to gain inspiration and peace by tapping into his higher consciousness, which exists in a level beyond language and linear thinking. I think that is at least one key to understanding a lot of his work, especially Twin Peaks.